And with that, I welcome you on to Coach's Corner, a.k.a. the Lucas and Layla Show. She's sitting up there by the pillow. Look at that. So adorable. But I am your host, Lucas Kochevar, as always. Doing the fun thing here. Talking about some sports. Watching the Bucks and Heat play while I'm, you know, doing this fun, you know, hourly, weekly show, whatever you want to call it. But I have some big news to first get to in the NFL world. Of course, we have to start there. Aaron Rodgers traded to the Jets. Wow, the world's worst kept secret has finally occurred. We finally got Aaron Rodgers on the Jets. It only took, I don't know, a month since he announced it himself on the Pat McAfee show to finally get the ball going, to finish it, to finish the deal, get it done, and I figured that it would happen either around draft week or at least um, after, like shortly after, but they get it done here prior to draft week. And the official deal on the table, Aaron Rodgers and then pick number 15 and a 2023 fifth round pick to the Jets. While the Packers get the 13th pick, 2023 second rounder, a sixth rounder, and a second round pick that could be a first rounder if Aaron Rodgers basically plays the season out. And, you know, the the terms aren't awful. I don't hate it. It's not anything that's shocking. Because, like I said, we were kind of given this information a while ago because Aaron Rodgers declared it, which is wild to declare something while under contract for another team. But it still happened. Still got the news. And, oddly enough, I think this is a smart deal for both teams where I think this fit kind of just made sense. At this point, the Jets... Needed Aaron Rodgers as like badly as a team could ever need a quarterback because of what they're facing right now. Their situation with um, you know Zach Wilson, basically Mike White left to the Dolphins, I believe, and the everyone else on the free agent market that's really kind of worth anything left. So the Jets needed Aaron Rodgers badly, and I think the Packers knew that, and they held out for probably as long as they could realistically try and get this 13th pick. I think the 13th pick was probably the big hang-up. Because, you know, I'm sure the Jets wanted to keep that pick. You know, I'm sure it was like, they probably just wanted to get 13. And just, you know, if you exclude the pick swap they made, basically, I think this is the deal the Jets probably had in mind. But the Packers were able to squeeze that out of them as time kept going. Because, I mean... Weirdly enough, I could see the Packers holding on to that kind of draft pick and that capital just to be petty, just kind of hold that over Aaron Rodgers' head, but they, you know, managed to get that done. And so the Jets get their quarterback. They absolutely needed a quarterback. And now they can finally, like, forget about Zach Wilson, the mess that is Zach Wilson. And so they're going to be an instant contender, I think, in the AFC now, Super Bowl contender? No, not in my eyes. Not yet. I'll have to see it to believe it. But playoff contender? Absolutely. Um, I'm not sure if I've made this public, but uh, the Jets are part of the playoff teams I predicted when I kind of did my power rankings on um, LK Sports Talk, LK League Notes for that matter. Um, the Jets were one of my wild card teams. I have them getting the sixth seed, so it's not like... You know, they're, I don't think they're going to be... Because they're in a tough division now still. Like, 
the Bills are still in town. Josh Allen is still there. Um, the Dolphins were a very good team last year. Uh, obviously, when Tua was hurt, they weren't as good, but they're still a team there. They made some decent moves this offseason. And then you have the Patriots, which kind of the odd man out there probably, but, you know, it's still the Patriots. I think you as, the, as a Jets fan, you have to still respect them. <laughs> you can't. The Jets fans can't you know, start talking reckless now just because they got Aaron Rodgers, a 39-year-old quarterback who came from the Packers, similar to another 39-year-old quarterback that came from the Packers who might have sent unsolicited picks. But regardless, regardless. So the Jets, I don't think, are a shoe-in for winning their, divi- like their division. I don't think that's the path that necessarily awaits them. But... I do think they have a good shot at the wild card. I do think that they are, I won't say a lock because there are still a lot of moving pieces. You know, I can't imagine an AFC South team challenging them. You have some AFC West teams with maybe if the Broncos come back, maybe if the Chargers come back. And then in the, um, I mentioned the teams in the East and then the North. I like the North a lot. I think it has four really solid teams that are, Playoff contenders, at least. Not Super Bowl, but playoff contenders. So, And I do think that the Jets probably clear a lot of those teams just because their defense is legit. They were legit last year. But the just excruciating play of Zach Wilson killed them. And they weren't able to truly ever find their footing. And, you know, the offense just was atrocious. And so they also fired um, Mike LaFleur... Uh, Matt LaFleur's brother brought in a new guy. I think um, they got Nathaniel Hackett, which I think was a, a big selling point for the Jets to get Rodgers. I think they kind of knew that. I think that was part of their pitch. But either way, good move for the Jets. Now for the Packers side of this deal, I do like this deal as well. Because I think Aaron Rodgers has frankly just he's been a headache for the past couple of years. Despite him getting a couple MVPs, and a couple, you know, playoff runs. He's been a headache for the Packers. He has been uberly outspoken about him, hallucinogens and dating crystal-loving women and a lot of stuff that's kind of just like oddball, oddball behavior. And I mean, respect to him to, for living his life and doing that whole spiel, but, you know, I, I think it is a little probably weirder than they'd like to let on that Aaron Rodgers is the way he is and it's always been reported that he's he's a really really good teammate if you can get inside and you know be in one of his friends and a lot of those guys I don't think were able to do that and as a rookie young guys like just never really broke through and yeah, no, I mean, like, guys like Amari Rodgers, I don't think was ever able to be a re- legit receiver. Some of that's part of his skill, but some of that probably is the confidence he lacked because Rodgers probably didn't want to do anything with him. Christian Watson took some time to really develop last year. Uh, Romeo Dobbs was, like, the only guy that kind of really exploded early for them as a young guy last year, and they had a, a number of guys. And so I-, I think the Packers are okay with moving off of this massive figure in Green Bay that's kind of kind of held his career just over their head just kind of you know dangling it up like hey you guys need me way more than I need you and I think it reached a breaking point I think that's kind of like we 
we reached the end of our tenure here. I think it's fine. We should go our separate ways. And that's what happened. And the Jets drafted the guy that they thought was going to replace Rodgers a couple of years ago in Jordan Love. And now they get a final look at him in his like last last second. I think it's last year or second to last year before he like is a free agent or has the fifth year option. So like they have they can see what they have in a young quarterback that they were planning to supplant Rodgers anyway. And it'll be interesting because he's been there a couple of years now. It's like not like he was a drafted, you know, wrong young rookie that they're relying on day one. He's played a couple games. He's seen some action, but he hasn't gotten the full run, hasn't gotten a full offseason as the guy, and he finally gets that here in Green Bay. Now, I don't think that rules out the Packers drafting a quarterback in some point during this draft, but I think it is a good starting point for the Packers to move on in their life. And, I mean, last couple quarterbacks they've managed to get have been pretty good, so if they hit on another one, I wouldn't be surprised. But we still have to see how that goes. Um, I, I like them getting the first round pick. Obviously, that was like kind of a big sticking point for them. And I also like how they managed to get that kind of a clause for next year's pick because, you know, I like I mentioned, Rodgers is 39 years old, and if he doesn't play a lot for the Jets, then the Jets kind of get screwed here. But instead, it's still a, a high pick in a second rounder. It's probably especially if Rodgers does miss time. But if he plays 65%, boom, that's a first rounder. And that's probably in the mid-20s, best case or, you know, worst case scenario. It's like in the late thir- or late late 20s. So, you know, there's that coverage that the Packers get from trading. They're all-time great quarterback. And, you know, it's just it, it's smart. I think it's a smart deal on all ends. Both teams kind of get a, a fresh start here. And I'm excited to see how this plays out because it's rare that we get a polarizing quarterback like Rodgers traded. Now, when the Tom Brady thing happened, it's he signed away, but, you know, we had that buildup. And Peyton Manning, you know, it was trending towards that way where we had the buildup he was going to leave. And But guys getting traded like this, in this matter, where there's, like, high picks involved and we kind of can see how it plays out over the next five years, more than likely as Rodgers winds down his career, It'll be interesting to see who kind of comes out on top here as the winner and whether Jordan Love is good or not. And Jordan Love coming out of Utah State, like I just remember, I liked what I saw from him. It was very raw talent, and it wasn't even like, I don't think it blew me out of the water, but it was it was still, I could see different scenarios in which he could probably be good. I think he underwent a couple coordinator changes, which is always very difficult for young guys to deal with. And I think he played through that, especially his last year was tough. And, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, it sounds very similar to Will Levis. Will Levis underwent a coordinator change before his final season. Um, He has a lot of the same tools. You know, Levis's athleticism might be better, but Love probably has better accuracy. You know, it's like those two guys, I think, might be a lot more similar than we probably think. And Levis is probably bigger than Love, but their skill sets, I think, very much overlap. And, you know, it's it's definitely a prototype that I think can work in the NFL and in a division that I'd say is on the rise, but, you know, it's not promised. The Packers have dominated the Bears, Lions, and Vikings for years because of Rodgers and Favre. But Love, I mean, if he comes in and succeeds as well, then that's probably another 15 years of torture for those fan bases. And I'm sorry, but... It's the truth. 
But then there's also that sliver of hope where if he stinks, then the Packers probably are back at square one. They have a team that's built for contending. They probably have to tear that all down, trade a lot of really good players. And meanwhile, teams that are young like the Bears, um, the Lions, and the Vikings, who I think are more built for the win now, those guys can succeed and take some division titles away from the Packers. But like I said, it's a whole lot of moving parts for here, a whole lot of figuring out what the Packers you know, will look out for the future. Um, and it's hard for me to say the Jets. The Jets also can look towards the future and really maybe supplant themselves as the guys in the AFC East for a number of years because I say Rodgers is old, but... He's also not the healthiest guy. I don't think it's it's not like he has blown out some ACLs, but he's had some collarbone injuries after being landed on funny. He's had some nagging stuff, you know. It's not a clean bill of health that Aaron Rodgers has had throughout his career. So a more of a win-now move, more of a we-have-to-look-towards-the-future move, that type of deal with a franchise legend, and I think it's a good deal. And That's where we'll leave that. And we'll be back on Wednesday, probably talking a lot more drafts. We'll probably get a ton more news. We'll probably get another trade, maybe, for one, the third pick, maybe. Uh, we'll get some more stuff on that, and maybe a live stream on draft night. I have yet to decide, but we'll we'll find out then. But shifting gears over to some playoff basketball, uh, playoff hockey. If you want, the, we'll do the puck minute. Uh, the Bruins won, I believe. Uh, the Dallas Stars won, I believe. And the Oilers. The Oilers beat the Kings. Those are the three teams I know. And that is your puck minute. Shout out the good old ice hockey. Uh, but moving over to NBA basketball, just look over at my score here. I have the Milwaukee Bucks on. They're up 82-68. to 68. Jimmy Butler has 31 points here in the third quarter. The rest of the Miami Heat team, 37. So... Almost almost double the points Jimmy Butler has. Um, doubling up his own team, but what can you do there? But moving on to the NFL or the NBA bracket. Obviously that game's happening right now. Miami's up two to one. You know, like I said, a big game here for Miami. They're trying to hang in there, but the return of Giannis tonight has kind of put um, a tough tough look into this one because you know, Giannis is kind of that guy, and I think he provides so much coverage for their defense, a lot of you know easy buckets on their offense, and the Bucks are just obviously a completely different team with him than other than without him. So Milwaukee looking to even the series going back to Mil- or going back to you know home is a tough look for the Heat, a team that desperately needed. You know, needs as much help as they can get, and you know they they won a game on the road, and they're kind of giving up a game at home here, the Heat, and that's not great. It's not a great way to win a playoff series. But either way, moving on, the Knicks over the Cavaliers, three to one. The Knicks are up. This is a shocking result to me because I don't know if you remember, but I predicted the Cavaliers to win in six. But uh, the the Knicks are just. I think it's more so the Cavaliers are so inexperienced and not ready for this moment, but the Knicks are just kind of just steamrolling through the Cavaliers. A couple blowout games here and there. Um, a big game on Sunday, I believe it was, or Saturday. Yeah, Sunday from Jalen Brunson. And Jalen Brunson happens to have owned Donovan Mitchell in the playoffs. People are talking about it. And, yeah, what kills me from the Cavaliers is I really – 
put my stamp of approval on their bigs, you know, Jared Allen and Evan Mobley to take kind of, I don't say the next step, but Evan Mobley especially, take the next step, but they haven't. <laughs> they just, they have not done that. So, you know, that's not a great scene for the Cavaliers to you know, be in. Just, you had such a great year. Your defense was spectacular. You have these young bigs, Donovan Mitchell doing great things and kind of pooping the bed here. That's tough, tough for Cleveland. The, the Sixers eliminated the Nets. That was not a shocker. I think I said that. Like that was gonna happen. Celtics are up three to one over the Hawks. The Hawks just kind of can't play defense on at the point of attack. It's it's tough because on one hand they're a team that needs to tear it down to a degree, and they have pieces that I think they can still build around. Young guys like Jalen Johnson, Onyeka Kongwu, and AJ Griffin. But they have to figure out who's going to be the face of this franchise, whether they choose Trey Young, whether they choose DeJounte Murray, whether they think they can go with both. They have to figure it out in the offseason here because they just look dead. Hawks look dead against the Celtics. Jason Tatum kind of does whatever he wants. Derek White's doing whatever he wants. You know, it's Robert Williams has just been sitting underneath the rim playing defense and grabbing offensive rebounds and put up backs. It's... It's an embarrassing amount of separation between two franchises that I think people thought there's going to be a little bit more closeness at the beginning of the season. Now, coming into this playoff series, people kind of figured this would happen. That's a lot tougher to look back on, like way back when the expectations were set for the Hawks after they made the DeJounte Murray trade. So Celtics taking that one easily. Uh, Denver up 3-1 to one over the Timberwolves. You know, Timberwolves caught a game last night. It took a superhero effort from Anthony Edwards once again to make it a game because Timberwolves tried to blow it. I was watching it three minutes left in the game. Timberwolves let the Nuggets score 12 points like that and should have probably lost that game if Jokic hits the second free throw or the first free throw that, um, you know, he missed to – so, like, basically, he hit a free throw to tie it, but the one before it, he missed. So, he could they could have won that game by one point. They could have won it in overtime, frankly, but they let some opportunities go. And, I mean, they're going home. They're probably going to finish this series out, but Timberwolves figured they'd put up a little bit more of a fight, but really an embarrassing effort from them um, outside of Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards, spectacular. But, yeah, Nuggets kind of coasting there. The Suns over the Clippers. You know, Phoenix up 3-1. to one. This is one of those I thought the series would be more competitive, but I also didn't predict that Kawhi Leonard would also, you know, get out of the game here um, sooner than he came in. So knee sprain has kind of taken him out of this series. He's out again for Game 5. That's tomorrow. So it, psh, they're probably going to be out of this series out of, or out of the game, you know, and it's... Unfortunate because I really did think this was going to be a way more special series given the fact that game one was fantastic. But, you know, Suns kind of going to coast here. i worried about the Suns because the way that their minutes distribute, you know, distribution is, is they trust their four guys and then it's like praying to scrap together the right players and it's a wee bit concerning for them. Um, 
Kings Warriors series tied two to two going back to Sacramento, kind of similar to how I predicted it, where I thought the home team would win every game, and that's stayed true to this point. Warriors tried to fumble away the game on Sunday, but they did it because Harrison Barnes could miss shots. De'Aaron Fox, their star, has broke fractured finger. That sucks so much because he's been having an unbelievable series and playoff debuts, but you know, they need DeMontes Sabonis, their big guy, to really step up here and try and, you know, cover some of what De'Aaron Fox isn't able to do. And they're going to miss Fox because I think he's going to miss game five. They're going to miss him big time. But they have the bench guys. They have playmakers, scorers that can cover it. They just need those guys to step up like they haven't before. Or like have they haven't up to this point. Like Kevin Herter needs to do more. You know, Keegan Murray had a good game on Sunday. He needs to continue that. And Malik Monk needs to cover well. Davion Mitchell needs to score some threes. You know, it's they need to step up. They need their role players to be, you know, better than role players. And then we have the Grizzlies Lakers. They game four is tonight. Um, Dylan Brooks, uh, Grizzlies got curb stomped on Saturday night, and John Morant's return. And John Morant scored twenty two straight points, I think, and it still wasn't enough. They got blown out. Dylan Brooks is in trouble. He talks a lot, can't back it up, but what can you do? I'm curious how this game goes tonight. I think, you know, if the Grizzlies maybe put up an effort in the first quarter, it could be a good game, and they could tie it heading back to Memphis, but if they let Anthony Davis do whatever he wants and they let, you know, LeBron James do whatever he wants, it's like, Put up some resistance, score something on offense, make some shots. So, you know, it's one of those you just have to kind of live with it. And I, the Grizzlies have to dig deep. Dylan Brooks has to dig deep, try and figure out what he can do to help his team win and go from there. So that's the NBA playoff picture. Uh, I mean, if I had to run through it real quick, predict, make like my quick predictions... Nuggets advancing, Suns advancing. I would probably take the Nuggets in that series because I think they've been the best team over all these playoffs despite a couple bad quarters. Um, Kings, Warriors. Because of the Fox fracture, I'd probably pick the Warriors now. Uh, maybe still in seven, kind of my original prediction, but Warriors move on. I'd have the Grizzlies or the Lakers move on at this point. They just look better. Um, from there... Probably choose, yeah, chose Denver to beat Phoenix because I think their offense is more potent. Uh, here, I don't know who I'd pick. I'd probably pick the Warriors because, I mean, it's one of those I think the Warriors have done it recently. I think they have the defense to match up with the Lakers well. I think Steph Curry demolishes anyone in the Lakers' backcourt. Like, I, I don't think Austin Reeves has an answer for Steph Curry. Clay Thompson's been playing better. Like, I have Warriors... Nuggets and I probably pick the Nuggets to win there because you know the the Nuggets having their core back from when they didn't last year against the Warriors I think does something and I'd have the Nuggets there. Here since Giannis is back I have the Bucks probably moving on I'd probably move on the Knicks because they're up three to one already. Celtics obviously then probably I'd, I'd go Celtics over Sixers I still think that's happening I think the Celtics are just so complete so deep. Um, the only thing that can hurt them is if they don't make their shots. Like, it's a very simple issue, but an issue nonetheless. I, I still like them a lot. And like I said, yeah, Bucks, Knicks, uh, 
probably go the Bucks because I mean they're just overall a really good team. I don't think the Knicks would have an answer for Giannis. Their spacing is problematic for the Knicks. Drew Holiday, I think, would dominate Brunson. I like I, on the defensive side, the boy is one of the best in the league. So, Bucks, Celtics, and I probably take the Celtics because, like I said, they're just so deep. I think they have so many weapons on offense, and the only the only team that can beat the Celtics, I think, is the Celtics, and which is why I'd probably pick them over the Nuggets in the finals. So. That's my like quick run through of the playoff bracket. Nonetheless, been a good playoffs, I think. Like you know, a couple bad games here and there, some uninteresting blowouts, but that happens kind of every year. And I mean, feel like we complain about it every year, but still, regardless. So all that being said, I want to thank you, the listener. I want to thank you know friends, family, anyone listening. If you want to like, share, subscribe, that would all help me very much. Um, posting LK League notes hopefully early for the draft. I'm posting videos here and there on the main channel here. And I'm trying to trying to pull out some good content for the listeners. And, you know, I'll be back on Wednesday with a new show. I'll s- let you know if I decide to do something live for the draft, maybe. But regardless, I'm your host, Lucas Kochevar, as always. And I will see you... <laughs>